Welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Anna. And today we're talking to you about the Holocron heist. The younglings. And also Cad Bane. Oh. Yeah. He is great. Feelings were felt. Younglings were stolen. Yeah. So this is a triple header. We've got Holocron Heist, Cargo of Doom, and the third one. Children of the Forest. Yeah, there you go. How can you forget the children? I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway. They didn't have a lot of speaking parts, to be they fair. They did not. Although, the anyway, we'll get there. Okay. What uh, all happened in this arc? A lot. We start with a battle scene on Felucia, which is a cool like mushroom coral kind of world. Kind of like a Georgia O'Keeffe painting, but set in the jungle. Yeah. We open, importantly, on Plo Koon, my fave. Yeah, although that's like, he's there for like 10 seconds. It's a cameo. Yeah. So there's combat going on, and Plo Koon rescues Anakin, who's out in the woods on a patrol and completely surrounded and overrun. And then they go and check in with Ahsoka, and Ahsoka is like, no, we've got him on the run. We're doing great. And they're like, you need to get back here and get evac'd. And she's like, no, everything's fine. She straight up did not learn her lesson from the Ryloth arc at all. Yeah. Apparently, that only applies to ship combat now. But um, Obi-Wan says, Anakin, she's doing exactly what you taught her to do. And Anakin is like, is she winning, though? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Fun dad and strict dad over yeah, here. For real. So uh, they end up parking in front of Ahsoka and rescuing her right as she's about to get overrun. And he, Anakin has to like report her because she, she disobeyed basically orders. goes to the principal's office. Yeah. She's in real trouble. So she gets detention and has to hang out in the library and guard duty in the archives, which yeah. is like the equivalent of doing the dishes for a month at my house. Well, it's interesting because she's a, you know, she's spent so much time being a combatant mm. that this duty, which should be a perfectly normal Jedi duty, like lets you learn things about the archives and make connections with other Jedi and like do cool stuff and learn. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it'd be really nice. But she's a combatant. She's a soldier. And that's what she has been trained to be. So she doesn't she chafes under that. Meanwhile, we see Cad Bane, notorious Duros space cowboy, bounty hunter, man of ill repute. Can we put that on a business card for Cad Bane? Because that was incredible. Cad, Cad Bane etches that in the side of like the bottom of your pillow while you're sleeping with a blaster. Cad Bane is a scary dude. And he gets a message from uh, Darth Sidious, also known as Sheev Palpatine, who's like, hey, I need you to steal something. It's a Jedi holocron. Cad Bane is like, dude, no way. That's like impossible. That's like robbing, you know, a particular brick of gold from Fort Knox. And he's like, what if I give you the access codes and like the timing and this? And Cad Bane negotiates. He hustles. He's like, I want triple my usual fee. An elite class starfighter with cloaking device, all the bells and whistles. And uh, Hondo yeah. Onaka walked so that Cad Bane could run. <laughs> <laughs> then... So they figure out their deal. Then mm -hmm. we cut to our first look at our dastardly cast of characters, who I think deserve a mention. Well, you mean... Uh, so we have Cad Bane. Yeah, and we've got Toto 360, who is his butler techno droid. droid ever, mm -hmm. who has got anxiety. I really feel for him. Yeah. And then we've got Kato, who mm -hmm. wears this creepy bug mask. Uh, that is because Kato is a shapeshifter like Zam Wessel from mm -hmm. Attack of the Clones. And so Kato's job is to pretend to be a Jedi who 
uh, Cat Bane killed. And I cannot believe that we so quickly in this episode skim over Cad Bane killing a Jedi council member. I don't think a council member, but a high-ranking Jedi. He yeah. killed Ord Enesence, who's a Jedi. Yeah. What? He's got the tools Did for you it. Excuse. As as we'll see later. Holy Cad, moly. Cad Bane is like peak bounty hunter. Cad Bane could do anything, and he chose to do this. Like he was like that genius kid in class that mm-hmm. could have you know, save the world. But he decided to just be a megalomaniac instead. Mm. Anyway, Cad Bane is, uh, accepts the job and he comes up with a plan and his plan is to uh, enter in through the ventilation shaft with Toto 360, who he has shoved a bomb in the little battery backpack of. <laughs> and Gaslighting him along the way. Yeah. Kato is going to pretend to be this Jedi because Kato's a shapeshifter, go into the archives and be the inside man. Mm -hmm. So Kato heads in and starts working on that and runs into Ahsoka and is very rude. Has to blow her off and just, oh my God, poor Ahsoka. She's like, can't do anything right these days. Mm -hmm. Oh, my girl. She's having a tough time with it. Honey. Meanwhile, Yoda is like, having forced premonitions out the wazoo he's Mm -hmm. like there is a problem it is going to be in the west tower and also in the central tower it is happening right now my force sense is tingling yes so anakin and obi-wan start running around and they're always like one step behind it is so infuriating Mm -hmm. always one step behind well one of the really cool moments is cad bane is trying to get in Jocasta New, who is the chief librarian mm-hmm. who we also met in Attack of the Clones, comes up and is like, hey, who are you talking to? And Cato chokes her yeah, out. Backhands her, takes her appearance, and now Cato is pretending to be Jocasta New. Justice for librarians everywhere. Mm-hmm. Jocasta, my girl, did not deserve that. And Cad Bane is sitting here and he's trying to hack through the door into the holocron vault. And also he has Toto carve a hole into the ventilation shaft, this little pocket welder. Mm-hmm. So at one point, uh, Ahsoka comes along and is like, hey, you're not Jocasta. I hear you talking on the radio to people. So they get into a lightsaber fight. Coolest lightsaber battle ever. <laughs> uh, Ahsoka handily wins because she is actually a force wielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that became evident to me that Ahsoka really had the upper hand. Anyone can wield a lightsaber, but not everyone can do it like Ahsoka does. Or like a Jedi does. You mm-hmm. know, otherwise, it's just a sword. Yeah. And an incredibly dangerous sword. <laughs> Made of made of danger. And <laughs> then there's the most gigantic plot hole of all time. What's that? So Bane is down in the ventilation shaft. Yeah. He sets off the bomb. Obi-Wan and Anakin mm-hmm. roll up, see the hole in the wall that yeah. Toto carved. Yeah. And Obi-Wan of all people ignores the door hanging half off the holocron vault. Mm-hmm. And is like, the communication center, let's go. And that is exactly what Cad Bane's plan was. Because as soon as they leave, he comes around the corner and is like, and now it's time to go to the holocron vault. And he grabs his holocron. And then he proceeds to bounce. Well, meanwhile, Toto is uh, ends up in the council room and is like, uh, sorry, I guess this uh, I guess this air shaft works. Yep, it's all in working condition. And Mace Windows like, bomb throws him down the hallway and that points him right towards Anakin and Obi-Wan who are also almost blown up. They're like two puppies in a basket. Like they're just like the the three stooges, but minus one. They're so (laughs) embarrassing. So uh, they capture um, Kato and 
Kato basically spills the beans. And then they talk about their plan to capture Cad Bane in front of Kato, which is, you know. Dumb. Well, whatever. She's probably going to Jedi jail. Yeah. But at that point, um, we get to see Cad Bane waltz we- off wearing a Jedi robe, just being like, hey, hey, hey. double crossing freaking Cad Bane. And, you know, sacrificing Toto 360. Unbelievable. Wow. So. Da, da, da. What happens, his dastardly plan is actually revealed in this episode. He's going after Bala Rapal, mm-hmm. who's a Jedi hanging out in the mid-rim. He's the keeper of this kyber crystal, Yeah, which you put it together with the holocron, mm-hmm. and it creates a list of every known Force-sensitive youngling in the galaxy. So it's like, da-da-da, the future of the Jedi Order is at stake. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, there's there's a lot to be said for like how that might possibly work if it relies on like premonition if you can like read it anytime or if like the way to read it requires like some state dependency on who they are it's it's an interesting thing as like a jedi artifact Mm -hmm. but anyway uh bala rapal's definitely been captured by cad bane yeah so we're we're, into the second episode we're getting into cargo of doom Mm -hmm. cad went and got bala rapal i guess before anyone could find him yeah anakin and ahsoka are racing in to stop bane from delivering the list combining it with the holocron Mm -hmm. so what anakin does at the beginning of this episode is so great he is racing in to try to target cad bane's ship and he targets they're they're in ships now and cad bane is like fly he's in this the whole big fleet of separatist ships yeah so anakin targets the power converter so that they can't jump to hyperspace and then he's like okay we're gonna board the ship and you lauren is like but we don't have any boarding craft. And Anakin is like, did I sound finished to you? <laughs> I wasn't finished, actually. And he's like, okay, we're going to board the ship. We have no boarding craft. We have no assault weapons. And we're going to rescue Bala Rapal. And we're going to do it with these magnet boot terrain walkers. As he like, looks around the room, he's like, that'll do. He's like, whatever. I'm a tactical genius. There's a bit there of like, I feel like there's no reason other than whatever why uh, they're wouldn't be landing craft on yeah. that unless like they thought it was going to be a cool little courier mission and this ship is like still being refitted or something that's my head canon that the ship like wasn't being filled up or it's something. good for the plot yeah for sure. the drama so they they drop the clones yeah. in these terrain walkers with their magnet boots on top of cad bane's ship it's a very cool fight there is a really cool fight scene so anakin and ahsoka are in their helmets so they can get oxygen they're trying to get on board but as they're racing to get to Cad Bane, the twist is that Cad Bane is trying to let them. Yes, because by this point, he has tortured Bala Rapal to death. Yes. And he is, he's actually like the most efficient and effective Separatist commander we've seen so far, as far as like ordering the droids what to do. Yes. And he's like, stand here, wait in this room that's full of explosives. I'm going to draw separate the Jedi so I have one. Because he needs one Jedi to open the holocron. Mm-hmm. Only a Jedi can do it. So Cad dips mm-hmm. and tries to lure one of our two Jedi away. After There's, a very cool like zero G fight scene in the yes. like weapons locker or I guess armory. There are more magnet boots. Mm-hmm. Anakin and Ahsoka get to like float around in zero G. They're so graceful. They're so beautiful. Just as Anakin in this fight scene, like, kicks Cad Bane in the face, he's stretching his fingertips out. He can almost grab the holocron. Mm-hmm. And then R2 turns the gravity back on. Yeah. Oh, brutal. So then 
this is what Cad wants. Because he lures Ahsoka down a hallway, Mm -hmm. shuts the door behind, Mm -hmm. drops everything on Anakin and the clone troopers. Which completely crushes Anakin under rubble. Yes. Anakin's in real trouble. With every explosive that goes off in the belly of this ship, the ship gets closer and closer to tearing itself apart. Yeah, you Lauren's on the phone like, you guys need to get off that ship. It's you like, needed to be off 10 minutes the ship ago. This is like really about to blow up, guys. You needed to be off yesterday. Yeah. So... Cad Bane locks Ahsoka in one of the plasma cells. Well, it's a force like shield, and then the back wall of the cell is an open air is an airlock. Yeah, it does the alien thing. It sucks you out into space. Yeah. So Anakin forces his way through. He sees his Padawan in the cell, mm-hmm. and Bane says, "You can either open the holocron, or I will suck Ahsoka out into space, and it's a horrible way to die. Mm-hmm. So pick one." Pick one of these two horrific options. So Anakin chooses to negotiate with terrorists. Yep, he does it. He opens the holocron. The memory crystal floats in. It's this really beautiful scene that felt very corrupted and perverted because he's doing it for Bane. Yeah. You know that trope of something beautiful being bespoiled by Mm -hmm, the villain? mm -hmm. That's totally the feeling that I got. Yeah. And then, you know, Anakin force grabs his lightsaber, tries to get Bane... Bane tries to shoot Anakin and Ahsoka back out into space. Anakin saves Ahsoka, and then Cat Bane shoots off on his rocket boots. So they're running off towards the uh, bay where there's one remaining shuttle for everyone to leave. And Cat runs in one direction, and Ahsoka and Anakin are about to follow him. And Anakin's like, I'm going to follow him. And Ahsoka's like, wait. Yes. Hard wait. We need to live. Yes. We can track down Cad later. And Anakin's like, yes, you are correct. She says, patience. Mm -hmm. Ah, I loved it. Meanwhile, the ship is Mm self-immolating. It is absolutely being torn apart. So we see Anakin and Ahsoka get on their ship Mm -hmm. in the nick of time. But there is a twist. Two clones went after Bane. Mm -hmm. One of them falls off the railing. The other one makes it back onto the ship. Anakin says, hmm, as they watch the ship explode behind them, I know Bane is dead, but I can still feel him Mm -hmm. because they are in the same ship together. So... Moving on to the next episode we see right at the beginning. Freaking double-crosser Cad Bane. Yeah, a bunch of clones are like in the ship and they're like, hey, wait a minute. Clones don't have blue blood and they realize Isn't that- Isn't it green? Yeah, non-red. They see that uh, Cad Bane has killed and put on the armor of a clone trooper. He's been shot, mm-hmm. but- Cad disguises himself as a clone trooper, jumps in the ship. Mm-hmm. He- Jumps out, locks into a hyperdrive oh, right, yeah. and then blasts off. Yes. So Cad Bane hops in that V-19, jumps up. Yularen is being a real D-bag in this episode. Anakin's like, shut the, down the hyperspace ring. He's like, what could possibly have gone wrong? The general incompetence of this arc yeah. is infuriating, but it is good for the plot. So they head back to Coruscant and they start th- going through the force and thinking about the places where... Cad Bane could go with this list of children. Yeah, the Jedi don't know which younglings Bane mm-hmm. will pick, so they decide to have a meditation circle. A seance, basically. Yeah. I died. I love this so much. I wish they were holding hands. It is so great. <laughs> but more to the point, they're seeing the future. 
Yeah, they're seeing a bunch of different places, and they split up to go to those places. Mm-hmm. They narrow it down to Rhodia and Naboo. Mm-hmm. And they know that they've already been to Glee Anselm, which is Kit Fisto's homeworld. Mm. We do get a Kit Fisto cameo in the first episode. Did you notice that? Uh, also an Ayla Sakura Also cameo. an Ayla Sakura. Yeah. Oh, so great. A lot of fun. So they head off in those directions and are not making great progress. Obi-Wan goes to Rhodia, mm-hmm. and we see a scene where Cad Bane shows up and meets a Rhodian mother. Brainwashes her and yes. steals her child. And then like two seconds later, Obi-Wan shows up. He's like, where's the bounty hunter? And Cad Bane had been like, there's bounty hunters following me. You have to trust me. I'm a Jedi. The mom is like holding a blaster to him. She's like, you'll never get my son. Obi-Wan mm-hmm. just unbrainwashes her. Yeah. Because he's good at that. And he he's really, really close to catching Cad Bane. He, like, grappling hooks up and almost catches aboard his ship, but does not make it. There's this beautiful moment. His hand goes up because he's reaching for the child and it turns into a fist. And he's like, rah! Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such great animation. And then back on Naboo, they land and Ahsoka is extremely grouchy because she's been bested by Cad Bane and he took her beads. He took her Silka beads. Yeah. So she's going to go after him and Anakin's like, yeah, I'll catch up with you later. So they go to Jangwa City. Yeah, which is a like cool swamp city full it's of beautiful. Gungans. Yeah, it's very, it doesn't look like any city we've seen on uh Naboo before, so it's very cool. It looks a little bit like the underwater capital yeah, city in Phantom Yeah, it's the same architecture of Otaganga, but it's like above ground. It's a cool looking city. It's gorgeous. And there, we watch as Cad Bane like sneaks into a nursery and he opens it. But wait, it's a stuffed animal. It's a squeaky toy. And Ahsoka's ready for him. Uh, he escapes Ahsoka and starts jetting off. But Anakin is on the ceiling and grabs him by the ankles and tackles him to the ground. There's a whatever. I'm a tactical genius. Yeah, there's a tough fight and they capture him. So and then Ahsoka makes cute faces at the baby. Yes, and there's so nice. There's an exceptionally cute baby. So now aboard the ship, they have Cad Bane, and they decide to really put the screws to him about mm. where the holocron is by Mace and Obi Wan and Anakin. Being like, tell us where the holocron is, all doing Jedi mind tricks on him. And his, you know, head is about to explode. He's got like a cooked egg in there. Yeah. And he's like, fine, I'll tell you. However, Anakin being Anakin is like, hey, we should inform the Chancellor. And Mason and Obi-Wan are like, why should we inform the Chancellor? This is internal Jedi matter. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, Chancellor's As long as the Jedi are acting as a military, is what he says, we should report to the Chancellor. And I was like, whoa, no one has straight up said that so far in the Clone Wars. And it's kind of radical to hear it like that. Also, it's like such a nerdy thing. Like, no one who has a job like Jedi or whatever, is like, we should report to more people. We should have more reported people in our reporting chain. This is an excellent point. And and so they're like, okay, Anakin, thanks for volunteering later. <laughs> and he's like, wait, why am I? And they're like, because you volunteered, you know? I don't want to do it. Mace doesn't want to do it. You're the one who decided to do it. Congratulations. Have fun. So Obi-Wan and Mace take uh, Cad Bane to random coordinates way out beyond anything. Because he tricked them. He was like, okay, I don't need any more mind trickery. You got me. I'll take you there. He takes them randomly out into the middle of space 
and basically traps them in a laser grid cave yeah, well, and I, dips. And well, that is where the holocron was. It so was. He, he wasn't lying, but that is where the holocron was. Meanwhile, Anakin and Ahsoka are looking at Cad Bane's ship. They're taking it apart, trying to figure out where he's been. And the computer has been wiped. But Ahsoka underneath is like, there's a lot of volcanic ash. And Anakin's like, ah, yes, well, we can compare his fuel logs to his nav computer and determine that he went to Mustafar, even though he didn't drop off the kid, even though there are no kids there. So cool. He's like, whatever. It's just an old smuggling trick. Mm -hmm. So cool. So they do end up getting to Mustafar, Mm -hmm. where we find out that Palpatine is trying to make the younglings undergo a slave conditioning procedure. Yeah, some sort of mind control thing. And also there, um, he wants them to be like Sith infiltrator assassin types. Consider me horrified. This is like the Red Room for Black Widow. And there's like a bunch of like kind of creepy nurse droids who are like going around and they're working for Palpatine. Palpatine's just there all the time as a hologram. Like, yes, we'll do this. Yes, we'll do that. When... Anakin and Ahsoka show up and Palpatine's like, well, they got us, pull the plug, blow up the base. And the droids are like, what about us? And he's like, yeah, you're the base. Like, I blow up the base, then blow up yourselves. I don't care. Move the babies to a secondary location. But Anakin and Ahsoka get there just in time Mm -hmm. to rescue the babies. After a very, like, scary scene when the The entire facility is sinking into Mm -hmm. the lava. The nurse droids turn the lights off and come at them out of the darkness. Like holding a baby in one hand and a scapel in the other, charging around on their wheelies. This is the stuff my nightmares are made out of. Ahsoka gets hers first. Mm -hmm. She gets the Gungan. Yeah. Or, no, she gets the Nautilin. Yeah. And then Anakin saves the little Rodian boy. Yep. And then they get back to Coruscant and they're like, well, we all the records were lost. We have no idea what was going on. So sucks to be us. But we did retrieve the holocron and we can tell that there are no copies made. So And we got the babies. And we got the babies. So I think it's a fitting end to an arc where the Jedi did nothing but embarrass themselves. Yeah, there was a lot of incompetence. In fact, Anakin spoke to that in the first episode. Did he really? Mm-hmm. At the end, he's like, uh, yeah, this mission's been, or maybe the second one, but he's like, this mission's failures are mine, like mm. from start to finish. So yeah, let's talk about some of the incompetence because that is top of mind for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, the heisty spy movie lover in me loved this arc. I will say this was an extremely exciting mm-hmm. arc and a hell of a way to start season two. Yes. Uh, I noticed a lot of cool graphical stuff that went Oh, yeah. Like really what? Nice. Um, just seeing there, there are a few tricks of the light in darker rooms. Mm-hmm. It's more noticeable because you need to have a lot more rendering time to make a darker room look good. Like the laser room in the third arc. And the final yeah. the final battle on Mustafar when the mm-hmm. nurse droids turn the lights out. I thought that was a beautifully done scene. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very cool. And you know, yeah, I the competence and incompetence was interesting. I wonder how much of it is people, you know, these Jedi overestimating their own abilities compared to like a dedicated bounty hunter, perhaps because they've been fighting like relatively incompetent droids for a long time yeah i saw two ways to read the general incompetence of the jedi Mm -hmm. in this arc the first one is cad bane might just be extraordinarily good at his job and extraordinarily Mm -hmm. lucky that is totally totally valid 
or this arc is hammering home some of the arrogance of the Jedi, Mm. especially when they're on familiar ground. There is that. And then there's also, of course, that Palpatine was giving Cad Bane all the information he needed the entire time. That's true, because Cad Bane had the ultimate insider. Yeah, which is the person who's like, yeah, I mean, his insider knew what Anakin knew the entire time. Yeah, so. but time and time again, they have Cad Bane within a fingertips distance mm-hmm. and they fail to grab him and they take the wrong moves. They fall for his bait again and again. Mm-hmm. And I think it's partially because Cad Bane is so ruthless and ready to sacrifice anyone who's not him. Yeah. Sometimes I think the Jedi get held up because of their compassion for each other. Yeah. Because they're trailing Padawans and younger masters along with them. And Cad Bane is just himself. He's just one solo actor. Yeah. I mean, even in the first episode when he's got a robot and an assistant, he's like, you guys are so expendable. You don't even know. Oh, terrible. Yeah. You know, I really felt for Kato and Toto in that episode. They might be dastardly, you know, sellsword bounty hunters, but... I mean, Toto wasn't. Toto had a vicious streak, don't you think? No. He's he's just like a techno... He's like, I am not a butler. I am a techno service droid. And he's like cute. He's like got a little dumpy body and a big head and like little stems. I liked it. Little hover boots. So... I think perhaps the also the heist element of in this case you're not rooting for the heisters the people being heisted upon yeah and that's that's normally what that trope is that's a good point that's a good point so that that made it very uncomfortable and my gosh it's really easy to feel like there's such a preponderance of anti-heroes in popular culture Mm. where you're like ah yes well this is it a, a bad dude, but he's not like comically over the top bad. He's got a relatable streak, and you can get to his like define their defining characteristic. I would say the best villains and antiheroes are very relatable. Absolutely. I mean, otherwise they're not a good villain. Yeah. But Cad Bane is really ruthless. He's scary. He's so Sam. The first time we watched the Clone Wars together, mm-hmm. what I've seen of it. I remember Cad Bane freaked me out the most of any character. Yes. Admiral Trench I never even saw because we never got to season three, mm. you know, because Admiral Trench really freaks me out. But Cad yeah. Bane freaks me out because I never see what he's planning. Mm-hmm. You can't see behind those flat red eyes. You and, just... And his big hat. And his big hat, which, oh my God, there's two times when his fedora falls off and you see why he wears it. He's totally bald. He's a Duros. His species doesn't grow hair. Oh, well. <laughs> he looks better with it on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he does it. Yeah, exactly. He's just also incredibly heavily armed. Like, he's able to control the Separatist ship from his wrist computer. And he's got rocket boots. He's got shock prods in his hands. And he's able to, like, do everything from everywhere. He is extraordinarily well prepared and ha- is, like, you know... One or two moves ahead of people because they're like, I would never expect someone to be so ruthless. And he can really walk the walk and talk the talk. He has three powerful Jedi masters 
applying the force, trying to get him mm-hmm. to bend to their will. Not only does he not crack, but he puts on a convincing enough facade that he pretends convincingly that he's given up. Mm-hmm. And he leads Obi-Wan and Mace into a trap. Yeah. Which is impressive. I think that scene in particular was intriguing to me because of my headcanon of Jedi, certain Jedi being really good at certain force powers. And Anakin's like, what if we use the force to persuade him? And Mace is like, I don't know, he's pretty strong. And Obi-Wan's sitting there, he's being like, yeah, we can do it. We have to be careful because he's a master of the mind trick. Mm. He's an absolute master of this. So he's he's bringing a lot to the table as far as that. And Since yeah. we're talking about that scene, mm-hmm. the torture scene of Cad Bane, Oof. extremely ethically squicky, mm-hmm. questionable. Questionable. Yeah, I like that. You know me, Sam. Mm-hmm. Normally, I would be a lot more up in arms about this scene. But Cad Bane tortured a Jedi to death, mm-hmm. murdered another Jedi ostensibly in cold blood. For his clothes, basically. Basically for his clothes. Mm -hmm. And I just can't help but feel that this is a little righteous. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't feel bad when Cad Bane feels bad. Mm -hmm. And that's a little refreshing. (laughs) I wonder if that's what makes him such a good villain. That you want to see him suffer? Yeah, that there's no, like, part of you that want, like... If you see within yourself parts of your like thought process that are like, oh, yeah, this is a Cad Bane-like thought process, mm. you're like, wow, I need to get rid of that right away. Because he is just, he's real gnarly. And he's like somewhat, you know, to the outside observer, like charming. But all these things that he says, he's like, I- I'll do anything for the right price. You yeah. Know? Man, he's he's just such a scary dude. He I'll, is really the I'll alter ego of Hondo yeah. Onaka. I think Hondo Onaka has a levity about him and Cad Bane absolutely does not. Yeah. Like I wish he was in Mando, but he'd make Mando look like a chump. He would. He uh we're gonna see a fair bit more of Cad Bane. Interesting. Yeah. I can't decide how I feel about that. He's so compelling, Mm -hmm. but he's just so distressing to watch. Definitely. And he's just a I mean in this arc there's a few other villains who show up. I mean, we see Newt Gunray. Mm. Uh, he phones in on this while Cad Bane is commanding the Separatist fleet. And is like, you're blowing up my fleet. And Cad Bane's like, I will buy you a new one. Like, chill. You buttered noodle. And then he, Newt Gunray's like, well, why don't you send the information to me and I'll transmit it. As to if. Insidious. And Cad Bane's like. You're real dumb, aren't you? Because <laughs> you're so dumb, you think I'm dumb. Like One thing I love about this arc, since you brought up Newt Gunray, there is a cameo for everybody. There really is. Plo Koon, Kit Fisto, Ayla Sakura, Newt Gunray. Mm-hmm. We even get to see Plo Koon's clone commander, Warthog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Everybody we love, no one got any speaking parts. Clo- <laughs> Plo Koon got maybe one word. You know, what's interesting about that is because it is, I wonder how much of a choice that is, because it is the first episode of the second season, Mm -hmm. we've basically learned about all those characters or learned anything about them from the first season. Mm -hmm. And this really brings it all together from a aesthetically pleasing sort of narrative structure. Yeah, it felt like such a beautiful, seamless transition from season one to season two. Yeah. And I love that in a series. Mm -hmm. Although we are 
I mean, in this order, it makes a lot more sense because in the actual viewing order, there's an episode which occurs quite a bit later, mm-hmm. uh, which is would be the first introduction to Cad Bane, although chronologically mm. it happens after this. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about a specific scene where uh, after the Zero-G fight in the gun room mm-hmm. and Anakin gets crushed and Ahsoka, Ahsoka gets separated. Gets separated and then Ahsoka gets shocked and knocked out. Oh. And Anakin... We see him under this pile of rubble, clenches his fist, and all the rubble flies off of him. Oh, yeah. And his eye opens. And it is like, oh, that's kind of spooky. I did specifically notice that scene because Mm -hmm. I was thinking about the Ryloth arc, and I was thinking about Mace Windu Mm -hmm. wielding the Force in such incredible and powerful ways. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, Anakin doesn't often display the same strength. Mm. But it's a lot more terrifying when we see him use the force like Mace Windu. And I think it's because later on, momentarily, when we see him stalk his way to the airlock where Ahsoka's being held. Because there's a there's a moment right then when there's three droids and we hear, oh, there's three of us and one of him. We got him. And one of them's like, it doesn't matter. As they get coldly chops down, they're not even shooting at Anakin. He just chops him to pieces. And then he makes his way there and he is infuriated. Yeah. And so I think that's what makes it dark is that he has such passion. And then of course he made a decision and like, sure it all worked out, but he had no guarantee that it would. You know, like Cad Bane could have done all sorts of stuff in that moment to make sure that he could kill Anakin as well. So do you remember the season one retrospective that we just did when I was talking about how Kit Fisto was my bae Mm -hmm. for all of season one of the Clone Wars? And it was because of that moment when his former Padawan dies and he's able to accept with such gravitas and such grace why it happened. Yeah. And he's able to assign meaning to it and thus move on past it. Mm Mm-hmm. That is not what happens with Anakin and Ahsoka in this arc at all. Yeah, yeah. Their their connection weakens both of them. Cad Bane even calls out, the connection between a master and apprentice is strong. I have no doubts that your Jedi master is going to come exactly where I want him. Which is like crazy. We just keep seeing separatist antagonists being able to play Anakin like a fiddle. Mm-hmm. And because he's a tactical genius, he does eventually outmaneuver them. But I think he's making a reputation for himself and thus making himself predictable. A little bit. Yeah. His his main thing is that he's just always on the offensive. And so you always know, as they said in um, the Admiral Trench episode, hmm. as uh, yeah. they said the spark. But here's the thing. Anakin has attachments. And so he's predictable. Mm-hmm. Cad Bane has no attachments. No. And he is unpredictable. Which makes me think, what does he do with all this money? Like, if if he's able to say triple my usual fee flippantly enough that he's like, I don't actually want this job because my usual fee is, you know, like a million dollars a minute. And he like, buys a million replacement fedoras for when he <laughs> loses them. <laughs> or he's like, goes down to like, anti-Jedi apparel RS. Yes, and exactly. Gets, you know, hand shock prods and like all sorts of stuff. He's, all sorts of fun stuff. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would like take a week off to go live on a beach planet or something and enjoy life. <laughs> what on this really spoke to you that you want to bring up? Okay, I had a very relatable Ahsoka arc. Mm-hmm. There is a moment at the end of the first episode 
when Ahsoka is in trouble, she has to cool her heels in the archives. Mm -hmm. She already had to go to the principal's office and talk to the Jedi Council. And Anakin says, because of Ahsoka's advanced abilities, I forgot Mm. how young she really is. I gave her more freedom than I should have. Yeah. And I don't want to presume that I can speak for anybody else, but this felt very much like a gifted kid experience to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where adults either willingly or subconsciously forget how old you are. Yeah. Because maybe you're smart or maybe you seem mature. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've had some kind of trauma in your life that just makes you seem smart and mature. For sure. And they forget how old you are and they drag you into situations that you're not prepared for. And then you get traumatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really spoke to me. Also, it's a complete non-apology. Mm, is it? A little bit. He's like, it is my fault for thinking that she's too cool. And it turns out that she's not too cool. It's like, oh, wow. Where are you trying to spread blame on that, Anakin? Hmm. Like, That's not how I read it. It was a little patronizing, but everyone is patronizing to Ahsoka in this arc. It's very yeah. much an arc about Ahsoka. People cutting Ahsoka down to the size that they think she should be. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the size that she thinks that she should be, but they're they're putting her in her place according yeah. to how they think her place is. Palpatine drags Anakin into his office oh, yeah. and says, forgive me, child, but please wait out in the hallway while the grown-ups talk. Which is, that was an interesting scene, that, that moment, because it is so clear to like anyone, well, I guess... It's hard to tell, but Palpatine's definitely only asking the questions that would matter if you were helping Cad Bane. Like, his actions have very little guile in them. Mm. If, you, if you have just even the capacity to assume that he has any guile, which mm-hmm. he's the chancellor. Like, he should have a little bit of guile. Like, he's acting exactly like someone who is helping Cad Bane would act. You know what I thought about Palpatine in this episode? First of all, I think it's hilarious that we get so many cuts between Palpatine in his office and Palpatine as Darth Sidious. Yeah, it's just like, Roban, Roban, yeah, Roban, Yeah, it's Roban. like a Zoom call with work. We're like, okay, blazer on, okay, blazer <laughs> off, blazer on, blazer off. He's got... I just got, couldn't stop laughing. He's got the hologram filter of, like, yeah. Sith Lord. Like, Yeah, he even... <laughs> On Mustafar, when he's looking over at the younglings, the voice actor forgot to do the Sidious voice. So it just sounds like Sheev Palpatine, yeah. elderly grandpa, mm-hmm. like, bending Gucci, Gucci, over. Gucci. Exactly. I'm going to turn you into the Sith assassin. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. I thought it was incredible. But it is so transparent. And I even found myself thinking, is anyone really fooled by Palpatine and mm. or... Do they just think he's an idiot? Because when he's doing his Palpatine act, his Chancellor act, he's like this doddering old fool. Like, he's not credible in any way. Is that how you read it? Yeah. Interesting. Because I I see him as like a pretty effective Chancellor running a war. And it seems like he's always Hmm. pointing people where they need to be pointed and taking like a nice hands-on role as well as like dissuade. I mean, he seems to be as effective as a chancellor might be. Um, I've been reading the second High Republic book recently, and there's a chancellor in that book. Mm. Who, so this all takes place about 200 years before the events of the movies. And there's a chancellor there who's very much all about creating this and creating that. And she like 
wanders around and is flawlessly dressed and has two like pet tigers follow her around. It's I a love very her. cool aesthetic. And she is still very limited in what power she has, but it's such an interesting job being yeah. the Chancellor of the Galactic Senate. Very symbolic. The mm-hmm. galaxy is absolutely unthinkably massive. Yeah, and sure, only certain systems are part of the Senate, but that's still like a lot of power to be able to wield. Yeah, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of senators. Mm -hmm. And it always makes me think, what an incredible ego trip to believe that you are worthy of being the chancellor of the entire galaxy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't don't see him as doddering. I see him as pretty effective. Interesting. Sidious, who's... Got, I mean, he's just so malicious all the time. I know. But that Sith Lord Zoom filter. Amazing. Yeah. To bring this back to Ahsoka, mm-hmm. did you notice the fortune cookies for this arc mm-hmm. are directly aimed at Ahsoka? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So overconfidence is the most dangerous form of carelessness mm-hmm. is the fortune cookie for the second episode. I actually think that's aimed at Yularen. You think so? Yeah, Yularen freaking messes everything up, man. I think you're just salty at Yularen. I am. Well, that's because the <laughs> Sam's Naval History Minute picture, that picture is of old Yularen from it episode is. four. It is. And so I feel uh, he's a kindred soul to me. And when no. he is a doofus, I want to just... Smack him about the face. I don't know. Yeah. He could probably beat me doing it an inch of my life, but yeah. Anyway, in the second episode, when Anakin's blasting off after Bane and Ahsoka's the one to counsel patients... Mm-hmm. I just really loved to see that tempering of her recklessness. Mm-hmm. And I think the fortune cookie from the first episode really came back. A lesson learned is a lesson earned. Yeah. Ahsoka had to have Ahsoka had to face consequences and see her recklessness in action several different ways. Mm-hmm. But she did learn the lesson. Now, that is something I think is extremely important for the whole Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So in a way, from a certain point of view, Ahsoka is the main character of the Clone Wars. Yeah. And she, because she's the only one who demonstrates character growth. She is the hero because everyone else is in episode two. They're in episode three. They've slightly changed, if at all. They're you locked know. into place. They're kind of cast in plexiglass. Mm-hmm. But Ahsoka starts as, you know, brand spanking new Padawan Mm -hmm. just out of youngling Mm -hmm. college and (laughs) on her way to becoming what she eventually becomes. And the changes that she has to make Mm. are something that you couldn't really do with a character in the space. And I think it's really interesting to have her deal with the ups and downs of character growth in a way that none of the other characters can Mm. due to the nature of when it's set. It's a real freedom that David Filoni was able to create her as a character. It's beautiful and necessary because you simply can't have a TV series where no characters grow and develop. Mm -hmm. Who would watch that? You'd watch it for a couple seasons and then I think you would be frustrated. I mean, at that point, it's like a sitcom. Yeah. You know, it's the same people telling the same jokes. But this is an adventure story and you have to have that hero's journey. I love that for her. Mm -hmm. That's fabulous. The 
The only other thing that I want to talk about super fast, and I promise this has a happy ending. Okay. It's the torture scene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nowhere to go but up. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't have a happy ending for Bolivar Paul. But oh, that one. Oh, my gosh. What? Oh, yeah. you thought I was talking about Cat Bane? Yeah. No, the other torture scene in this Ooh. children's show. Yeah, for real. So there, Bolivar Paul is dragged into a torture chamber. Mm-hmm. There is electroshock. Mm-hmm. There are mind limiters and pain pulsers and something called XC33. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I had to stop watching the episode two minutes in because mm. I couldn't handle that scene. And I'm a grown woman and I know I'm sensitive to things like this, but I did have to take three days off wow. and come back to this episode and really just grin and bear it. Mm-hmm. Not even grin. I just had to suck it up. I did cry. I'm not ashamed. It was awful. Mm -hmm. But Bolivar Paul died to save the younglings. Yeah. And I think that is beautiful Mm -hmm. and redeeming. And this is the fun part. The thing that I can't get over is that when Ahsoka finds his dead body, the tongue is sticking out. And it just totally evaporates the whole mood. Like, I can't even feel bad about it. He looks like one of those elderly dogs that loses all their teeth and then their tongues just flop out. Oh, my gosh. Uh, What really broke my heart in that scene was when the torture droid says, he is no longer functioning. Oh, my God. Brutal. Yeah. That is a tough scene. Tough one to watch. I might just be a snowflake, but I kind of wanted a content warning on this episode. It was awful. The tongue thing really did save it for me, though. Oh, well. Yeah. So uh, if you die in front of Anna, make sure to stick your tongue out. It's very important. It'll just make me feel a whole lot better. Thank you for your consideration. (laughs) Thanks, management. (laughs) One thing I want to touch on real quick is the holocrons. Oh, okay. So um, that device is the actual holocron, the little cube. Oh. And holocrons require the force to open them. And so that's why... Cad Bane can't open it. He needs someone to actually like go in and manipulate it and channel force energy yeah. into it to open. Yeah. Holocrons are going to play such an important part moving forward. And just the idea of one that like, okay, there's a crystal and you can only read the crystal with a certain holocron or like apparently any holocron. And when you have it, you can see the future of where the younglings are is such a neat mystical thing. And it's such a mystical moment. It almost felt like a Legend of Zelda moment with this mm. beautiful golden light shining and this beautiful cube changing forms. Yeah. It was a lovely scene. Mm-hmm. Mystical is the word. Yeah. So in the canon video game Jedi Fallen Order, there is a major plot point regarding the continuation of this list. Hmm. And so if that is an idea that appeals to you, I really recommend the game. I had a ton of fun with it. That does appeal to me. Yeah. So it's But that's a really cool Jedi problem to solve of seeing, okay, where are the younglings moving forward? Because Mm -hmm. when you think about in the long term of what's going to happen to the Jedi and how the Sith want to manipulate the Jedi, in a way, this is like the most powerful tool that the Jedi have, Mm -hmm. which made this whole thing so much more pressing for them. And it was a hugely pressing issue already. And that's not even to touch on... The fact that their most sacred temple had been infiltrated yeah, without them being able to stop it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the stakes of this arc were so high, even before considering the nature of the holocron itself. Mm-hmm. So it, this is a fun, serious episode, worth it for seeing Cad Bane, but the depths of content and like world building oh, are yeah. really important. Incredible. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Great, great opener for season two. Yeah. Yeah. Setting the standards high for this one. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where we go next. Yeah, lots of good stuff in season two. I want to know, Sam, mm-hmm. who's your bay? Mm. This is a tough one. There's a couple of people to cycle through in my head, uh-huh. the major characters. I'm going to go with Anakin. Mm-hmm. And it is for a few reasons. I think this is delightful considering that you've spent the entire episode saying how terrible Anakin is. So please enlighten me. Oh, okay. In that context, everyone else is slightly more terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Points have been made. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Yularen completely apparently woke up with his uniform shoved up his nose today and just could not put a thought together. (laughs) Head Uh, empty, no thoughts. Yeah, Rex does Rex things, but he's like, I don't know, just chilling. Mace Windu does not do Mace Windu things. He does not. Uh, Obi-Wan's kind of a doof. He is. And uh, who else we got? R- R2- we got Ahsoka. Yeah, we got Ahsoka. But Ahsoka, like, Ahsoka really has to learn the lesson of she's not as cool as she thinks she is over and over again. Yeah. Well, she is 14. Yeah. So Anakin, for his flaws, does say all of the things, such as, like, you know, when Obi-Wan's like, she learned it from watching you. He's like, yes, but is she winning? Oh my because, god! Like, he understands. Spirit gone, soul mm. levitated. Yeah, because cleared my skin, watered my crops. <laughs> he understands how to win a war. Ooh! And like, winning is how you win wars. And granted, in a way, that's an interesting dichotomy for him because he, despite not seeing her as an expendable asset, somewhat treats her like one. Mm. She, he often treats her like a Jedi under his command as opposed to a Padawan. That is extremely true. And in a way, that is what allows Anakin's 501st to punch way, way up above its weight because it basically has two Jedi Knights and however many clones you need to support that. It's the gifted kid thing again. And it really is. He just treats Ahsoka as older and mm-hmm. wiser and stronger and, and greater than she might be mm-hmm. until she proves that she isn't. And um, you really got to admire a man uh, when they got to Naboo and he's like, oh, yeah, run off and, and, you know, capture Cad Bane. And then somehow he gets there just as soon as he does. So he is extremely good at driving across the planet after having a cookie with Padme. He really is. Yeah, he really is like. Wow, I have so many dirty jokes that I'm holding back for R-rated purposes right now. I hope he took a shower. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Hope he took a dip in the swamp, maybe. Yeah, so that was, uh, you know, that's the thing. Because despite being an antagonist apologist and Cad Bane being an extremely competent character and really vying for that Bay title, Mm -hmm. he is too dark. Mm-hmm. And you know, stealing babies like that's what he says to Palpatine. He's like stealing babies a little below my pay grade. 
And Palpatine's like, well, I'll pay you whatever. He's like, cool. All right, we're good. That sounds like my pay grade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that is that is my bet. And now I want to know what you're going to choose. I have a shocking decision. I also chose Anakin. Shut up. <laughs> You can look at my notes. Okay. I think my bay dot 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 is Anakin. So for the listeners at home, might be aware of this. Normally, Anna has her bay like two weeks in Over my dead body, will I ever choose Anakin as my bay? Also that Skywalker. My bay is Anakin. All right. I wanted desperately to make it ball over Paul. Mm. I promise you I tried. I tried to make a case. If ball over Paul had lived to defend the younglings with more than his dead body mm-hmm. and defended them with his live body, mm. it would hands down be ball over Paul. He dies instead. Yeah. And so my bay is Anakin because I think Anakin did the things that qualify in my books to get you to the top of Baywatch. Yeah. He went after his Padawan. He defended her at any cost. He put her first, mm-hmm. even when it would have been more sensible and more ruthless and more effective not to. Yeah, multiple times, really. I think Anakin showed in his particular love language that he loves and cares for Ahsoka and will do anything to defend her. And I know that's problematic, mm-hmm. but for some reason in this episode, I just loved it so much. Yeah, you know, that actually circles back to the beginning of the episode because they're like, Ahsoka, we need you to learn from someone whose love language isn't lightsabers. Mm, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, that's uh, that's probably good that Anakin is slowly climbing up the ranks of Baywatch. It's kind of important for Obi-Wan him. Obi-Wan is some... pretty much dominating yeah. the top place by magnitudes. So we'll see if Anakin can catch up, question mark? Probably not. <laughs> I'm, at some point, we're going to have to deduct all these points back. Because I don't know that you get to stay on Baywatch when you kill younglings. So Well, we'll burn that we'll... bridge when we get to it. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Well, on that note, I think we're ready to wrap it up. Let's wrap this one up. Like Darth Sidious wishes he could wrap up those little younglings. Like, oh, look at them. Turn them into little babysit assassins. Oh, jeez. Yeah. We have one quick thank you to say, which is to our new patron, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John, for becoming one of our patrons. Really we appreciate are, it. We appreciate it. We're excited to have you. If you're interested in extra bonus content every week more time hanging out with me and sam mm-hmm. you can also become a patron including sam's naval history minute do, 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 do. it's sam's naval history minute. and just to keep on it entertained i'm going to talk about the ether sprite next time so. excellent my favorite ship so every thursday we launch bonus content it's either sam's naval history minute or it's spice run mm-hmm. spice run spice run which is our no hold barred unedited bonus series where we talk about things that are just a little too spicy for the regular show. Mm-hmm. It's great fun. I hope you join us. So if you like what you hear, and we are very grateful for every listener, every every contact we have on every social media platform, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at, at Growing Up Skywalker, Twitter, all the things. You can find us everywhere. So tell your friends and make sure to tell your I guess the the person who 
attempts to manage your time, but has to sort of not apologize when you mess up. The Anakin in your life. That's... This one goes out to all the bosses everywhere. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe send it to your boss. If you don't like your boss, don't send it to your boss. They don't deserve <laughs> Unless it. Unless they're going to give us a five-star review. Exactly. So next week, mm-hmm. we have a one-header. Finally. We're watching... Ooh. I know, these arcs, man. We're watching Bounty Hunters, fitting, mm-hmm. season two, episode 17. Yeah, so join us on that one where we meet embo anna has no idea who that is uh yeah i racked my brain in the milliseconds that i had and i came up with nothing we continue the trend of cool hats with embo excellent this is all i ever wanted (laughs) this is great all right we'll see you for cool hat tuesday (laughs) (laughs) bye bye